In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kolick. I am your host, the gatekeeper to the realm, the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink, with me all the way from across that cold pond is the <laughs> Ghost Finder himself, the Ghost Finder General, the most haunted Richard Felix. Hello there, how you doing? I tell you what, the pond isn't that cold at the moment, because the no. sun's shining. Did you, uh, did you get any of that crap we uh, washed out, out, out of our sewage treatment plants here? No, <laughs> we, listen, well, we can't get anything from the sea because Derby is right in the centre of England. We're, we're the farthest place in, in England away from the sea, so we didn't get any of your crap at all, no, and I don't want any of it, thank you. You know what happened is this sewage no, treatment plant... No, I don't. I don't know anything about this at all. This sewage treatment plant on the river malfunctioned or something, and all these plastic discs, uh, bacteriology discs, I mean, hundreds of thousands of them washed down the river, and they ended up on the beaches and everywhere and all this stuff. So they're supposedly heading your way. So if you see any, oh, let me know. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> That's what we need. <laughs> it's better than oil, though, isn't it? Uh, I guess. I think... Uh, no, we didn't didn't get any of that, as far as I know. But uh, as you say, it might well come, you know. But it's a long way across the pond. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's you know, it's not that long. I mean, it's, <laughs> it depends how long it takes for a, a plastic container to, to to float, doesn't it? Across yeah, the pond, it's just a little plastic disc the size of uh, I don't know something. Or That's not so. There's nothing horrible in it then, or anything like that from the sewage. Uh, not that I know of, but could could be anyway. So, anyways, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles International on. Pararex, Tojinet, goes to and beyond. But anyways, uh, i got a couple of things coming up to, uh, shortly I just do want to mention. Tonight especially, I have my paranormal study group down at the Circles of Wisdom in Andover. And we're having one of the chaps from, from your side of the pond going to be Skyping in to this. Who's paranormal. that? Yeah, uh, Byron Jackson from Haunted Devon. Oh, great. From yeah. Haunted Devon. Whatever. <laughs> or Devon. Yeah, Devon, Devon, Devon. Devon, Devon. Repeat after me, Ronald. Devon. 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 Is this like a Derby Derby thing? I don't know. Derby. You know what? I'm going to think I'll just take up French and forget the whole thing. Well, it's a wonderful language. I don't speak it very well, but it's a good language. 
But you don't have the problems with French that you have with English, I must be honest with you. But uh, you're doing well. You're doing all right. Well, I don't know. You have the, that female-male thing going on. The same with Spanish, you know, where some words are male, some words are, you know, like yeah. Rio and Riar and Freer and Frio, and it's like whatever. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. It just, just confuses the heck out of me. I know it does. It does me as well. Especially but, with the silly thing like the Derby and the Derby and a clerk and a clerk. And, uh, <laughs> it's so funny because yeah. we, we come from the same roots. <laughs> This is the ridiculous thing about it. Apparently, I was talking to a guy the other the other week exactly about this Derby, Derby, Clark, Clerk, Hartford, Hertford. Um, <laughs> and it, it's all to do with the fact when in, in the olden days, and I'm talking about before the 1600s, in fact, before mm-hmm. before we came over to your place, um, a lot of people couldn't, couldn't spell. Uh, and so it was literally said as, as people thought it or read it. Um, and hence the fact... Derby, Derby, we always called it, you see, we, we always called it Derby, and we still do call it Derby, but when it, when you intelligent guys over there, this is true, when you realise that, hang on a minute, D-E-R should be er, then you, mm-hmm. you did it, you did the right thing, and you called it a clerk, a bank clerk, which is, which is correct, but we just carried on in our oblivion over here, as we have done for the last 2,000 years, uh, saying it wrong, so oh. you're right, we're wrong. Yeah, crap happens. What do you want? Tomato, tomato, pajama, pajama. <laughs> yeah. Let's call the whole thing off. So, anyways, I had a, actually uh, this past weekend. I went to the American Lighthouse Foundation uh, annual dinner, and I received the uh, an award for my work with uh, their friends of Portsmouth Lighthouse. So I was I was quite honored by that. Oh, well done. What did you get? Not a hell of a lot. <laughs> no. Now then, <laughs> recognition. That's what I got. Yeah, you give me. Didn't they not give you a, a, a cup or a certificate, piece of paper? They give you a certificate and they give you a bag, oh, a bag of goodies. Paul, is it in your office? Uh, yeah, well, Frame? with all the other crap. Uh, wait, wait a minute, with my uh, lord, lordship thing here, I have. I am. Of course, you do know I am Lord Ronald Golick, right? Yes, I know about that. It's yes, yes, fantastic. yes, yes. That's right up there, uh, so I have that. So, I mean, that, that's pretty cool. I mean, I do a lot with lighthouses. In fact, we did our investigation of uh, Rose Island just a little while ago. We're going to do a show, I believe, the last Wednesday of the month on Ghost Chronicles uh, is going to be all about that investigation, so that'll be kind of going to be kind of neat. But uh, we also have a special dining with the dead in Portsmouth. You do say Portsmouth, Portsmouth, do you? Portsmouth, absolutely right. Okay, Portsmouth good, good. Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Yeah. <laughs> Portsmouth hey, uh, <laughs> on the 30th uh, with uh, Jeremy Dontremont, who is uh, the head of ELF, and uh, we're, we're going to talk about haunted lighthouses, so that'll be kind of neat. But you, you know yeah. what's really interesting, Richard, is, um, well, you and, I have, you and I have gone to so many haunted places that yeah. it's, it's really kind of mind-boggling, you know. I mean, the amount of places we've gone and what we've seen and and so forth. And, and, and of course, you, especially you with your uh, um, your DVDs, and I find that fascinating. And I, you, you have how many DVDs? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I've, I've done well over, well over 50 uh, DVDs in the last oh. nine, nine years, 30, 37 of them. Uh, different counties of Great Britain. Um, really? But yeah, I mean, it's it's mind-boggling when you think about it because of the amount of time uh, and effort that it, that it actually takes to do it. And, and you must re- obviously remember that because of that, I, I mean, there's probably between 10, 10 and 12 locations on, e- on each DVD. 
Um, hang on, where's my calculator? So, so you know, we're, we're talking of 37. No, that's more. more I've done more than that because I've actually done other things like haunted castles, um, Britain's most haunted pubs, Britain's most haunted graveyards. Uh, oh my God! Um, castles, graveyards, haunted pubs. Um, then I've done another one called Richard Felix's most haunted locations. Um, so, in other words, I've done over 40. Uh, so we're looking at 40 times. 12 is a lot, 412, oh, right. 40 <laughs> times 10 is 400. Just, just on the ghost tour of Great Britain alone, I've done over 400 locations. And remember amazing? that some of the locations I've done while I've been there, I probably mm -hmm. didn't put on the DVD. Right. You can only put so much on. So we're looking at well in excess of, of 500 locations on that alone. Um, never mind, God almighty, all the places I've done in the last 19 years, as right. well as the ghost tour of Great Britain, yeah, most one hundred and twenty-two programs. Oh my God! On most haunted. Think um, about that, Richard. Oh God! I mean, I, I must have been to well over, well over a thousand haunted locations. It's oh, but hang on! How many did I do with you? I don't know. I can't even keep adding. I mean, I know I have done. A, I stopped counting over a thousand. I know I did, and uh, so I'm the same with you. And in fact, the cool thing about yours, though, of course, they are available in DVD. And um, if somebody wanted to get them, where could they get them, Richard? They can get them from www.felixfilms. F e l i x films. dot net. N e t. www.felixfilms.net um, and we, we do, I mean, we get requests actually from all around the world. You know, we send them out to Australia and, and New Zealand right. and, and America and Canada and all sorts. So, we, you know, more than pleased to send them out. But you can also download them because uh, uh, it's my son, Wills, that actually took on this, this, this huge task about four year, five years ago, something like that. Right. And he's now set up at this thing called loadsadownloads.com. Oh, wow. That's loads, L-O-A-D-S. A, loads a downloads dot com. Uh, and I believe it's cheaper to download them. Obviously, there's yeah. no posters or anything like that. Right. And um, I think you can also pull off the, the, the cover uh, from the Internet and, oh, and yeah, print so your own cover out, it. and then yeah. all you need to do is get yourself a box. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's, been, it's been the most amazing um, quest. But, of course, you do realize I've not finished. I've, I've got... No, oh, gosh, I don't we, know. Will, we will I mean, never be finished. We will never be finished, right? Well, we won't. We won't. And we'll no. even even after we die, we'll go on haunting. Yeah, there you right? go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be still doing it. But the thing is, then we'll know the answer. So, I mean, uh, of all these places, at the over a thousand places, and myself over a thousand places, I know yeah. I've done some great White Houses. Those have been good. The Hooten Mansion is one of my favorites of all time. And. No, Oh, uh, just so, a very quick question. Don't, don't forget where you were. Why do you think, because you, you are very much into lighthouses, and, yeah. and obviously uh, where, where you live, of course, you, you are absolutely inundated with lighthouses. Why mm -hmm. is it that they are so haunted? Is it, is it, the, is it the shape? Is it, is it what I, they're I don't, made of? I don't of? really is think it, so. I don't think they're any more haunted than any other uh, building. It just it seems there are because there are actually lesser 
a number of lighthouses than there are like regular buildings, for instance. Of course, so, there are when you think. Yeah, about so it. I mean, so I, I don't think that they're 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 haunted anymore or less. Although I mean, there are some good contributing factors to it. I mean, like the water and the metal and the brick and all the stuff we talked about before that that yeah. Yeah. records things. But uh, yeah, I don't think they're they're haunted anymore than uh, some buildings. I just because no. it's or lesser. Is the seclusion? The 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 fact that people spent so much dedicated time in them. Yeah, I mean, is there a, so for instance, is is there a um, how can I put this? Is is it recorded that uh, in, uh, in lighthouses that people spent longer in the job? If you know mm-hmm. what I mean, you know, he was the lighthouse keeper for forty years. That that sort of thing, which may have kept them. I don't know, around, because they were so dedicated to their job, and it was well, such an important well, job. It's very well good. I know that the one up in Portsmouth, uh, Joshua Cowell haunts it, and uh, when yeah. they removed him, they actually took him kicking and screaming because he didn't want to leave. So uh, when they removed him from his post, so yeah, I mean that... And he still haunts it, of course. Yes, he still haunts it. But, but he's uh, come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't, never left, I guess. No, if you, no. If you look when at it that removed, way... Did they remove him because... Because he, they sacked him, or was he was he ill? Or, or well, I mean, you know, he was. I mean, some of these guys were up in their eighties, and and they were loading, you know, carrying buckets of oil to the top of the tower every day, many times. I mean, this, you know, it was a, it was a hard life. Uh, but but we are talking. As I've hit the nail on the head. Then really, we're talking of, of a dedicated job that, that yeah. kept them. Into in, well, in, as you say, well into their eighties. So they yeah. they were they'd but been there for many many years, and and obviously didn't want to leave. But you have tragedy, too, there. Where, you know, yeah. people have died, and, and there are a lot of different stories, and some of them are just stories, too. They're not really hauntings. Uh, they just, people just think they are. Uh, but, uh, you know, anyways, I mean, you, you have Sorry, traveled anyway, like back, back over, to the over a thousand locations. And so, kind of like, what was, what was the one that threw you for a loop the most? I'm, I'm not saying the most scariest, the most thing, but you went into here and, and you and you did it, and you're like, "Huh, that was kind of cool. That was interesting." Oh, what, what, what? There's, there's quite a, there's quite a few of those, to be honest with you, Ron. Um, there, there's uh, let me think about it. I mean, one of the best things I ever did actually was was the play was the Tower of London, um, which is I, I I I believe that the Tower of London is probably the most haunted place. I would think on the planet, to be quite honest really? with you. Oh yeah, I mean it's, it's obviously been it's been there for a thousand years. There's been battles, executions, kings and queens um, lived there, imprisoned there. The princes in the tower, of course, were sm- you know were killed there. Um, and God only knows how many executions and beheadings, and so so many um, haunted hauntings, uh, and no one's actually ever done it. As far as I know, uh, we're not allowed in. You can't go and do a, a TV program. As far as I know, there has never been a paranormal investigation uh, done. But I actually, <laughs> I shouldn't be saying this live on air, I actually went in there and filmed um, without permission. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I went round. I've done, I've done this in quite a few places. In fact, this is, this is the fascination that people find with, with some of my DVDs because there mm-hmm. are, there's some some naughty bits in in them that that um, people naughty quite bits. like. I love that naughty bits. Yeah, very mm. naughty bits. Uh, and I actually went into the Tower of London with with a cameraman, obviously all wired up uh, and filming. And I'm I'm standing um, 
where on Tower Green, where the beheadings took place. And of course, the most famous, the, the ghost that is reputed to haunt that area, amongst others, is the ghost of Anne Boleyn, who was yes. Henry VIII's. Yeah, in fact, she's in my right. book, Ghost, Ghost Today. My book, Ghost Today, is uh, the Tower of London is here because of uh, Anne Boleyn. That's right. Well, she is reputed, probably the most famous. Oh, Sir Walter Raleigh, of course, he was beheaded. He also haunts it. But she, the area where the beheadings took place is, is, is extremely haunted. And there's me standing there. with a, There's a group of people, obviously, looking at the area with the block. And I'm standing there with a cameraman <laughs> filming me. And oh then I God. sense someone's this this presence behind me. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, there's someone there. And I turned around, and it's one of the yeoman warders. Oops. The beef eaters, as we call them, yep, the chaps yep, yep. in charge of it, dressed mm-hmm. in Elizabethan costume. And he stopped me and he said, excuse me, sir, uh, can I ask you what you're doing? And I said, um, y- y- yes, I'm, I'm, ju- I'm just doing some filming. And he says, have you got permission to do that? And I said, oh, oh yes, yes, I asked the lady on the gate. <laughs> and he said, um, I think you need more more than that. you better come along with me to the press office. And I said, well, I'm ever so sorry. I just haven't got time because um, I've got to be at White Whitechapel to, to, to see Jack the Ripper in 20 minutes. And, and this kid had quick and ran off. And, um, and he shouted after me, anyway, nobody's proved that it's Anne Boleyn's ghost. And I thought, oh, thank you very much. And we, we ran. Now, yeah, was, you ran? You actually ran? Oh, we ran. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and anyway, it, so, of course, I had to finish that bit of footage and, uh, outside the Tower of London rather than inside. Um, that's, on, that's on the DVD. Um, and then um, there was another one. Uh, oh, yes, um, Westminster Abbey. I, <laughs> I filmed in Westminster Abbey. Oh, and you again, were a bad you, boy, know, you do know that's where, you know, all the, I think that's where the Royal Wedding, of course, is taking place in a fortnight. I, I have and, a question um, for you. Let me, can, let me interrupt you for a second. Somebody said something about the White Tower. Is that called the White Tower? Yeah. That's absolutely correct. Very is haunted. That- is that the same place, or is that different? Yes, it is. It is indeed. It's one of one of the towers in inside the Tower. Of, I presume. I don't know why. I presume it's called the Tower of London because it's got lots of towers. Oh, okay. I presume. I don't know. And one of them is yes, the White Tower. Absolutely yeah. correct. I- extremely haunted. Yes, yeah, spooky, um, spooky Pazuger from the uh, the uh, chat room actually said that uh, that she's the one that mentioned it. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Oh yeah, yes, indeed, the White Tower is, is extremely. It really is um, the epitome of of what's haunted. Um, mm-hmm. And as I say, up to now, and I'm, I'm hoping that one day I will be the first to to legally um, film in the Tower of London to actually do do some form of ghost hunting there. Um, because we're talking of the stories, soldiers, you know, the Grenadier Guards that are there right. and the Yeoman Warders have got so many ghost stories to, to tell. Um, it's, it's, it's as haunted as you can get. And, and you know, and, and you're not allowed to film it. But there you go. Because mm-hmm. um, basically, I was, this, this was all for the DVD Ghosts of London. Right. Which, of course, is, you know, obviously... And, and that film, film, film is very haunted. It. And that's that's on that that DVD. Oh, it is. And oh, so, wow. So is so is Westminster Abbey, uh, mm-hmm. and I was actually um, Mary Queen of Scots is buried uh, in in uh, Westminster Abbey, almost next to Queen Elizabeth, her cousin who had to be headed, of course. Of course. Yeah. And 
again, Mary's Mary's ghost is reputed to haunt the uh, the area. So I'm again um, walking around uh, the tomb of Mary Queen of Scots, muttering away to myself very quiet. And you actually walk round in a queue. There's a queue of people, and you walk round, and there's me cameraman standing in the corner. Oh, I shouldn't be saying this, should I? Um, and I'm saying, oh, no, the ghost of Mary Queen of Scots is reputedly. <laughs> looking at me talking to myself because I've got this little microphone obviously yeah, on that yeah. nobody and they thought this guy's crackers this guy's absolutely bonkers he's talking to himself but of course I wasn't I was I was doing my my narration for the for the story of of, um, of of Mary Queen of Scots anyway so we then go out from there and then there's also the tomb of the unknown warrior which is, which is by the way extremely haunted in fact it's, it's it may be the yeah, I know it is the most visited uh, unknown uh Soldier um, tomb um, in the yes, world. Yes, the unknown soldier in the world, isn't it? Even yes, more so yes. than the one uh, in, in, in Paris, you know, in, yes. um, in, under the, I think it's the Champs-Élysées, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, but ours is, you know, again, like everything else in this country, more haunted than anybody else's, isn't it? But um, and it's supposed, to, obviously supposed to be uh, a First World War soldier. That whether it's the spirit of the guy that, that's buried there, I, I'm not sure. And I'm standing there by the grave of the unknown warrior, talking to myself about the ghost of the unknown warrior. And then, then anyway, so this um, this guy, an Irishman actually, a, um, a sweeper upper or something, comes up to the cameraman and, and says, "What's you doing? You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be filming here." And there was an argument took place in Westminster <laughs> Abbey between the, the cameraman and this guy. And I ran again, and I went. You ran again. <laughs> That was out, and that's on as well. That's on the DVD. Uh, oh my God. Uh, it was, it was, it was very interesting to say that. Oh, and then to finish, yes, here's another one. All again on the Ghosts of London. Buy it, guys. It's a good one. Um, I went to a place called Highgate Cemetery, which uh-huh. is the spookiest. You, you think you've got spooky cemeteries? You, you wait till you come over to London and you go to Highgate really? Cemetery. Oh yeah, Charles Dickens is buried there. Uh, Ooh. Karl Marx is buried there. Um, and, and I don't know whether you, you, you know whether it's the same over there. Probably not in America, because obviously you had so much more space. But what used to happen in, 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 in early graveyards uh, in England, and mm-hmm. especially in London, because it was so so overcrowded, that they'd, they'd, they'd run, out, run out of space in graveyards, and, and these people would, people would be buried one on top of the other. And, and what would happen is that the sexton, who's the, the grave digger, would mm-hmm. come along and he'd, he'd probably only dig down a foot or something like that, two feet, and there would be the remains of a coffin and some bones there, and he'd turf the old bones out, get chuck the pieces of coffin away, and bury the new person on top of the other people. Oh, my God. Bleeding. Oh, yeah, and then just cover it over again. And there'd be bones sticking out all, all over, um, all over the graveyard, which was dreadful. So what we ended up doing... And I, I, I don't know whether you've done that in America. Um, we ended up by um, opening up what we called municipal graveyards, which weren't churchyards at all. Mm-hmm. They were big, big graveyards that didn't have didn't have a church in them. Right. I, I, I presume you've got the same thing, have you over there? Yeah, yeah, we have regular. Graveyards. I suppose. I suppose your your big uh, big cemetery in Washington's a bit like that, isn't it? It's not a churchyard, oh, is there's it? There's so many graveyards. We have graveyard yards that aren't even marked, really. Yeah, and and so this graveyard is there's, there's a vampire that that haunts the place. That there's oh my god, the Karl Marx's ghost is supposed to still be there, and oh, wow. it, it's very very haunted. And I asked permission to go in, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and, and this lady said, "No, no, I'm sorry, you're not. You're not allowed to go in. You're not allowed." Mm-hmm. To go. So, so we walked down, and it's a very long, uh, very big graveyard, and we walked down until we found a, a, a gap in the in the railings. <laughs> <laughs> we broke you're in. A bad boy, Mr. Richard. Phillips. Oh, you won't believe it. And um, so, yeah, and I did my filming in the in the bushes and the trees with graves. All, all, all. It's very scary, even in the daytime. And I beat a hasty retreat. I didn't run, but I beat a hasty retreat from that one. So, yeah, so I've broken into some very interesting places and done some very naughty things. I have actually two stories I want to tell about those things that we were talking about. First on, and I think I mentioned this before, is the Tomb of the Unknown Warrior. They actually dug up uh, three graves in France, and they came out and they brought them in, and... Uh, only one was selected of the three of, of the un, uh, you know unknown warriors, and one was shipped, and then they reinterned the other two in back right. in France. So one guy was lucky, and the other two weren't. So there is a it, he was uh, you know definitely a, a soldier from France, but uh, yeah. uh, the, and 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 the other one is in my book uh, goes a day. There's a skeleton in Budapest. There's actually two skeletons in Budapest that supposedly haunt the streets, but there's one of uh, the, uh, I believe he was a shoemaker or something. But what had happened is his wife uh, was fooling around with another guy, and while he was sleeping, they drove a nail through his head and killed him. And then they they buried him. But the interest, and of course, eventually she married her lover. But the interesting thing in Budapest, they only intern your body for one year because of Mm. lack of space, and then they dig you up again and move you. Where do they put you? I don't know. I, I think they have like a, a, a two, uh, like a crypts or whatever, or a catacombs. Oh, yeah, yes, they like put in you Vienna in. and various. Uh, I'm right. trying to think what they call them. Um, and Rome. I went into one in Rome. Yeah, the catacombs. Um, where there's bodies. You know, yeah, catacombs. Thousands of them. Catacombs. Yeah. Yeah, but when they dug him up, they found the, the uh, nail through his skull, and then the wife and the, the guy was uh Toolmaker, that's what he was. He was a toolmaker. Uh, was convicted. So uh, interesting, though. They only intrude you for a little bit, little while, though. That's so. terrible. Because mm. you see, you know, I keep saying there's, there's this phrase, of course, which, which means a lot more to us over here, obviously, than it does in Budapest. Laid to rest. Right. In other words, it means that you you you're laid to rest and you should remain there. Otherwise, you. In some of my investigations, I've actually found spirits that were that in that state where they were not resting where yes. they were you know they that's what they were looking for i mean there's so many places that are haunted i mean as i mentioned before that if you weren't christian or or if you committed a crime or or you were uh, uh you know an indian or something or a servant you a lot of times you were buried outside the graveyards and that's right and and now we have a lot of construction where uh you know houses are being built right Next to graveyards, well, you know, they're actually being built on ground that perhaps people were buried in. Yeah, and and so so obviously that you know not only did you expect to be when I say laid to rest, you know, put in the ground, six foot of earth, gravestone, mm-hmm. every every grave in the old because it had three letters on it, you know, rest in peace, right? Because that's what we expected for ourselves and for our loved ones. Um, six foot of, of, of earth, your family, Christian burial service, all of those things that laid you to rest. But we also expected to stay there. 
and that's why I as another reason why I believe there are, you know lots of holes. Is it, am I not right in saying that that even Amityville was was reputedly buried on a on a native Indian burial? I don't know. Everywhere is a bit made into ground. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's true. Yeah. You know, one of the things about the natives they didn't believe they owned the land. Uh, so, for instance, when they sold Manhattan for $24, it was no big deal to them because they didn't think they owned the land anyway, so they thought they were getting a deal. So it's, it's I didn't not know like, that. That's really interesting. Yeah. So who did they think you belonged to? The, nobody. It belonged to the gods. You know, it belonged to nature. Anyways, uh, I know we're coming up on break, and uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kolick on Tojinet Parrox, Ghost Channel and Beyond. And we'll be right back after the following messages. In a few minutes. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give the awards to the Miller X family. Four hundred twenty-seven. All right. Hi, I'm Ron Kolick, author and lead investigator of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsink. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in. Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Every Wednesday night. At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so, Ann, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll, I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. Except- so anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan and Ron. See you then. And we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kolick on Tojinet, Ghost Channel, Pararex, and beyond. If you have a question for Richard and myself, uh, you can call us at 877-864-4869. That's 877-864-4869. Or join us in the Tojinet or the Pararex chat room. So there you go. Uh, Richard, we actually have a question from the chat room. So... Yeah, this is from Paul, and he says, uh, Hi, Ron, great show. Well, you must be listening to someone else. (laughs) 
Anyways, what do you and Richard think of the difference between cremation and burial, and what are your views, and what would you decide for yourselves? Cheers. So he must be British or hey, whatever. Why do you do cremation over there, don't you? Yeah, we do. A lot of it, is it? Because it's mainly cremation in England, you know. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I mean, really. There's the, yeah, I would say that mo- most... Um, most people are now cremated. I, I, someone will probably correct me there and say that's the biggest load of rubbish, but I, I, I'm pretty sure that mo- most people are cremated. Um, mm. And is that not so in America? No, it's... it's it's No, I, I wouldn't think so. I still think there's more, really, burials, more burials than... Uh, modern uh, than we are. I'm really yeah. surprised. But then again, you're more religious than we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, so first of all, what is your thought... On first of all, would you be cremated, or or how, or how are you going to be? What are they going to do with the old Richard Felix body when he's hey, done with the it? old, the very old? I'm going to be buried. Um, I've got my plot. Uh, uh, so the uh, plot thickens. Got a plot in in the country graveyard. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> about three quarters of a mile away from where I live, um, Long Lane Village Churchyard. Um, I've got my, um, it's got it all sorted out. I've got the hymns sorted out for what I want. Uh, and then I've, I've a service in Derby Cathedral. It's got to be Derby, isn't it? Derby Cathedral. And then, then a burial in, in the churchyard here. Um, oh, cool. And definite burial. I, I'm, I'm very, very personally against cremation. Not because I'm religious, just because I, I, I'm, such a, I'm so traditional. Uh, okay. And, you know, burial is for me, you know, gravestone, the whole, the whole works, you know. Um, whether I'll be at rest is it's a different. Yeah, we'll find we'll find out about that. Uh, won't we just? Well, uh, our, de- our descendants will, anyways. <laughs> the difference for me, I mean, number one is that the big, as a gentleman, Paul, hi Paul. Um, the big one is uh, the fact that, of course, so many people, religious people, still believe that, of course, um, cremation is 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 pagan. Um, and, and Christians still obviously believe that the body has to be whole. On actually, the actually, the Catholics do not. Do you not? Well, did you know there's only two crematoriums in the whole of Ireland? Huh, that I did not but know. Catholic country still, you see, mainly Catholic country. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so explain more, tell me, I thought that... that Catholics did believe in in the resurrection that the the body must be whole on 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 what on burial. No, it, it'll be it'll be reunited. Oh really? Yeah. Even if it's burned. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And has that always been a belief of Catholics or? Uh, no, things change. You know, the, the Catholic Church does change uh, yeah. constantly. Uh, you know, it's always uh, reinventing itself, I guess is the word. But, um, you know, it does. It does have change. And, and you got to remember, okay, if you believe in the Bible, a lot of people take the the, uh, the Bible word for word. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it still was written by man, the original one, and and it was been uh, what's the word uh, translated so many times, and sometimes you lose something in that translation, and sometimes it's just metaphor, sometimes it's literal. So I mean, it's it's confusing for everyone, and and so uh, you know that's the way it is. But I agree. In fact, to a certain extent, you could say that it is. It's a, it's a history book, um, and, and oh, it history, is a history book. Yeah, all history books are revised, aren't they? 
yeah. information is found, evidence is found that that so and so didn't didn't lead the charge at, at a certain battle, and so history is rewritten. Um, right. So why not? Why shouldn't um, why shouldn't the Bible be, as you say, rewritten or or, or changed as things progress? And like, yeah, that's good. I, I didn't realise that. Yeah, it is. So, anyways, it's, I've always told my wife, I says, if I'm going, you can just, you know, cremate me and put my ashes in a coffee can. And hey, I, I don't really care. Now, so you actually, and again, I presume you believe that, that, that the body will, the resurrection will still happen for you, even though the body isn't whole. We don't know if, if the resurrection is really literal or figurative. Oh, right. Go on. Yeah, tell me more. I mean, so, I'm, I'm, I mean that's the deal. I mean... Uh, and, and not only that, if you believe the power of God, the, you know, the God, the creator, then yeah. what's the deal, you know? I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, back in the old days, you were right. I mean, you, you know, I mean, when my grandmother died, she died, uh, before she died, excuse me, she had sugar diabetes and she had her legs amputated and they actually buried her legs in the plot. So, uh, uh, wow. Yeah, it's, I mean, so, I mean, you think of that, I mean, you and I were, when we went to Gettysburg, right, and, yeah. and we saw that, uh, that the Lady Grey farm there, where they just had piles of legs and arms that were amputated, and I'm sure those weren't buried with, with those uh, soldiers that eventually were. died. Yeah, so, and of course, that's another reason why there are so many... I think so. So many ghosts, you know, because so many people were religious, and so many people be, believed in the, the 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 Bible as it was then, and and believed that because their body wasn't whole, um, that, that you know, no resurrection for them. And I, I don't know if I've told you this one before, but when we we were talking about the Tower of London, we were talking about beheadings. When they chopped King Charles I's head off in 1649, mm -hmm. before they buried him, they st they stitched his head back on. Yeah. Now, Is that they, right? why do you think they did it? We know why they did it, because they did. he was the king, and, and, right. and although they wanted to, to, to execute him for high treason, they didn't want to send the king to hell. Right. So they thought that if his head was stitched back on, he'd be all right. And the same thing with, uh, you know, Cromwell and the opposite, where they dug him up and cut his head off. Head off and put it on London Bridge because they thought they might catch his spirit before it got through the pearly gates. Yeah. There you go. Uh, they, you know, that's happened to popes before where they've had their heads cut off. Oh, really? Yeah. What, stitched back on before burial? Or, or be believed they were going to go to hell, of course. Yeah, I don't know all the, all the details on it, but anyway. Oh, boy, this is, you're talking my language now. This is great. Uh, somebody uh, somebody from the Tojin chat room says, uh, you know, I talked about my ashes being put in a coffee can. She says, uh, yeah, fill the coffee can with acid and stick a rod in it and a coil, and you have a Ron battery. <laughs> so maybe I can provide energy to uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> while, while we're on the subject, you know, you know how... <clears throat> Things progress. I'm sure they do with you all the time. You know, there's probably hardly a week goes by when when you don't get another little bit of information from somebody or oh, a little yeah. bit more evidence about. So this is what's happening with me. Uh, gosh, every every other day there's something happening. And I was talking about this business of energy, uh, which you which you were with on now with batteries and that sort of stuff, and 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 how I've t tell people that um, everyone. Everyone that dies loses 21 grams of weight, which is quite an interesting thing, because I think it's your, call it what you will, your spirit, your soul, your energy, your consciousness, something that leaves us. Um, and then the other thing I talk about is the fact that uh, thoughts have frequencies, 
and frequencies have weight, mm -hmm. which again is an energy thing. And a guy told me the other day that a flat battery mm -hmm. weighs less than a fully charged battery. That I did not know. That's very interesting. Neither did I. And, and you, now, you, what about that one? So again, it means that air, energy, call it what you will, weighs something. And that's that's a, that's a, that was my little bit for my jigsaw puzzle last week, that was. Yeah, yeah, a flat battery weighs less than a fully charged battery. That's really interesting. I'll have to try some experiments with that. But anyways, you mentioned that 23 grams, and that, of course, was uh, Duncan McDougall. He was a Haverhill Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, Haverhill doctor. He was from my part of the country. Oh, yeah. really? And uh, those experiments happened uh, approximately 100 years ago. Uh, he had uh, uh, some special beds made up and had some volunteers who were on their way out, and they measured the weight of each person, and they took an account for escaping gases and so forth and found out that they lost 23, 23 grams of, uh, of weight. And another thing which you... Uh, and he said, so therefore it was the human sale. So, but yes. one thing that you do not know is that he also, also euthanized 15 dogs. And he found that the dogs did not lose any weight. So, ergo, oh. ergos, the dogs had no souls. Oh, I say. Interesting, isn't it? That's my bit for the jigsaw puzzle for next week. There you go. <laughs> always... What was his name, Ron? His name was Duncan McDougall. Wow. Now, apparently, they've been doing quite a bit of research in, in, in Russia as well, recently. Mm -hmm. And the same thing applies. They've been weighing people on death and finding that, you know, um, that they all lose. I, think, I thought it was 21 grams, but I might be wrong. You, you were at 23. I don't. I think it's twenty. Whatever. But it you know, matter, what, does it mean? You're going to shoot me for two grams? Go ahead. <laughs> no, I wouldn't dream of doing that. Uh, I just just basically think that um, uh, that that just proves something else that we're on about. You know, this energy thing that we are. Something leaves us. Something leaves us on death, and mm -hmm. and um, and you don't see it, but you can weigh it. So that means there is an energy source, a consciousness, a spirit, a soul, whatever we want to call it, that goes on to something else, goes somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Which is, I feel extremely heartening, and and I should, as soon as I come off. This show, I shall be, I shall be googling Duncan McDougall, see what more Duncan I can find McDougall. out about it. That is fascinating. Yep, I, I still have the newspaper article uh, that I saved. It was a, a, a huge paper that uh, they did on. I think it was the anniversary of this. And when I, when I first did some of my first shows on WCCM radio, uh, right. I used to bring this up every so often. And of course, I would get like a thousand phone calls from people, uh, animal lovers, saying, "How dare you say my dog doesn't have a soul?" So. <laughs> Yes, I know. What you know, they, they never. The other part was not a big deal to them. It was the part that I said that. Uh, no, he's. I know. Didn't lose any weight. It. You know, it was, hey, it wasn't yeah, my fault. I just report yeah. it like I see it. <laughs> yeah, that I sure I must look him up because that's that's absolutely fascinating. And again, yep. I think that little bit of what I've just said, if if it's true about a battery, adds adds to it, doesn't it? I, I think that's really it. interesting. I want to actually check that out for myself as well. Yeah, yeah, well, Mr. It's a guy, there was a scientist that was on the ghost walk with me last week, and um, lo and behold, um, he came out with that fascinating bit of information, yeah. which, uh, again, all it does, Ron, is add to that tiny extra little bit of proof all the time that we're chipping away at to try and, to try and prove what it's all about. Mm -hmm. 
That's true. Uh, actually, Spooky Kazuzu, yeah, Spooky Paula Kazuzu, whatever the heck her name is, in the Tokyo <laughs> chat room says uh, they stop breathing and it's going to count for weight fluctuation and blah blah blah, and they lose control. But yeah, but they took all that into account. That's one yes, thing absolutely. they did. Absolutely, evacuation of the body on death. Yeah, that was all encountered for us. So, yeah, after all of that, they found the, the the weight loss was 23 grams, and it was consistent. So it wasn't just like, you know, one person had 23, and another one had 28, and then another one had 21, so they rounded to 23. No, it was consistently 23 grams, or 21, if, if I'm wrong, but I apologize. 20 wrong, I'm sure, 21. But again, and then the other thing that adds to it, as I said, you know, before, free, thoughts have frequencies. Frequencies have weight. Uh, mm-hmm. So does light in a way, because when light touches, hits mass, it causes it to move. That's why space probes have light sails on them. Exactly. So, you know, it's all, this is what it's about, the re- the reality behind mm. the ghost business, which I, I'm, as you know, and you are as well, into that side of it, more more so than the Scooby-Doo side of things. But right. there we go, there we go. So, um, I... I Talking, going back to this, my 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 tour of Great Britain. Oh yeah, let's get back to that. We kind of strained. Um, that's my bad. I I, I go in on a tangent and say. Oh, this do. is great. <laughs> this is what it's about. This is what we do. It stimulates us into into mm-hmm. other things. You see, which is which is which is what it's all about. I think the funny thing is that thirty-seven, forty odd, however many DVDs around the country in in over four hundred locations. Mm-hmm. I, I actually think I only ever had one what I believe to be genuinely paranormal experience. Really? Yeah, all that time with a camera <laughs> and a cameraman. And I'm talking of, of daytime, nighttime. Uh, when I'm away doing filming, I always try and pick a, a haunted location to stay the night, be it a, 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 an inn, a hotel, or, or, or whatever. Uh, and I, I ask them again if, it, if, if it's possible to have the haunted bedroom. And then obviously what we do is we set the camera going, and, and off I go to bed after a couple of pints or whatever, and, and hope, <laughs> hope something happens. Um, and it never has, mm-hmm. which I find very disappointing, but it would it would make the DVD even better, of course, if something absolutely genuine happens. Um, but of all the places I've been to, um, I only saw what I believe poss- possibly to be one ghost, and that was in a castle in Wales. Really? Uh, at, Ten o'clock in the morning, and um, I, I'd gone in to see. I'd, I'd, I'd walked in. It was. It wasn't open, but but there was someone there, and there was a reenactor outside in an old sort of. Um, we call them a caravette. You know, you call them a. I don't think what you do call them like like a caravan on wheels, but a but a motorised one. Okay. And um, he, he was dressed like Robin Hood with a bow and arrow and all that sort of stuff. And I went in, and uh, as I walked through over the um, drawbridge into the castle. On the right-hand side, there was this room that was sort of open, windows, but, but you know, an, an old castle with, with stone windows and that sort of stuff. And there was a guy in there, a dark sort of, couldn't really tell what he was wearing. And I, I got, I don't know why, but I thought he was some, doing something to do with minting coins or something like that. God knows what made me think that. And I just thought he was a reenactor, as, as people do. Went to see, went to find the curator and asked, for permission to film, and he, he, unlike the Tower of London, gave me permission, and he says, right, I'll take you around and show you this tower and that tower. And we were walking past this room, uh, and I looked in again, and I said, oh, the guy's the guy's not there now. That He said, what guy? I said, the guy, the reenactor that was, was in there a few minutes ago. He said, no, there isn't a reenactor. 
I said, well, there really? is. Yeah, he says. I said, "There's another one outside." He said, "Oh yeah, he's he's getting ready. He's the he's doing an archery uh, demonstration, but there's only him. There's nobody else here, and we're not open." And I said, "But it, well, he was there. He was in there." And he says, "Don't worry." He says, "You're not the first person to to say that about that room, and it's above the dungeons." Ooh. And I said, "You're joking." I said, "Oh come on." So of course, got the camera back ready, and we did a film there. But of course, it, it had gone. It's a bit like most haunted, you know. It's gone. That was it. We didn't. We didn't catch it. But I saw it. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And I just thought it was a real actor. I just thought it was this guy. But I don't know what gave me the impression that he was minting coins. Or ah. Whether that's what the ghost was doing, I don't know. But that's that was. An, and then the only other thing that ever happened to me, which people comment so many times that have seen it on on the ghosts of Derbyshire, which is again my home county. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a fascinating uh, pub called the Peacock Inn, and it's got a it's got a genuine tunnel uh, underneath it, and, and lots of places reputedly have a tunnel, but this one really has, and it was dug uh, by the white monks um, in the 13th century, uh, and it was supposedly to go through to a to a, another castle, whether that's true or not, but it's really there, and you go down into their cellar, and then you go down through this stone archway. And then you drop down onto these steps and you go down and there you are in this fascinating um, tunnel that leads God knows where. Because you can't get through because it's, it's waterlogged. And I went in there filming and as I got down into the first part of the tunnel, I'd only got a candle with me. No, no torch, nothing like that. And we were filming in night vision and the candle just went out. Really? As if someone, oh, as if someone had done that with their fingers. You know, wet their fingers and just snuffed it. And I, I mean, because you know I'm frightened again. <laughs> I, I, oh God, I didn't like it. And I, and, and of course I thought, my, my, there's a drop. Because again, you've got to take the normal boxes. You know that, Ron. So I just got a box of matches out or, or a cigarette, Elijah, or whatever it was at the time, and lit the candle again. And I huh. said, it must have been me. It, or there's a draft. And I sort of held the candle up and I put my hand up. And there was, there was no draft. And then it went again. Exactly. Oh, really? You went again? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 I'm thinking, c- control yourself. I I got a cameraman with me, so I wasn't alone. But I, I said, no, 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 no. This, this isn't this isn't possible. And I lit it for the third time. No, I didn't. No, I I went. I didn't like it, so I went away. And I, I, got, I climbed back up this this sort of step area back into the cellar. And I sort of took stock of the situation. I said, right, we're going to try it again. We are going, you know, I'm not going to give up this time. And I'm going to try it again. And I lit the candle. And we walked back down. And we hadn't been in there a minute. Same thing. It just went. Wow. That was it. I was gone. <laughs> and I, did, I was, that was it. I, I, no way. Um, and, and Ron, that was, that was, it was real. But I still, I still haven't got an explanation for it. Um, there somebody, was no, actually, somebody actually wanted to know what castle you, you saw that thing in. Wrong, they asked Den- if it, in in Wales. Okay. And it's on Ghosts of Oh gosh, Ghosts of North Wales or South Wales. Oh, I can't remember North or South Wales, but there's a box set with both of them in it available. One of the Wales. www.felixfilms.net. <laughs> um, but that was that was a good one. Yeah, that was it. But um, so I I can't explain even now to this day to you. 
why that happened. Uh, there was no... The, the other end of the tunnel, as far as we know, wasn't out. There, wasn't out, there was no wind, there was no draft in there. Um, right. And, of course, sorry, I forgot to say, it, it's reputedly haunted by one of the white monks that was actually killed um, by a rockfall when, when they were digging the tunnel out. Right. Which happened to so many people. You know, t- t- tunnelers were... You know, tunnels were notorious, of course, for, you know, for, for caving in and killing people. And this guy is reputed still to haunt the tunnel. Now, whether he through his energies somehow. He certainly didn't do it with his fingers, but that's what it gave the impression of. And I'm sure he didn't blow it out, because how does a ghost blow things out? I don't know. But it really genuinely went out three times, and it it, it spooked me um, enough to leave. You know, that was it, even though I was on film. And the number of people that, that talked to me about, oh, that DVD you did in Derbyshire with, with the peacock, people love that bit. Uh, and that was real. That was absolutely genuine. No fakery, no no nothing. Well, let me uh, ask you, I, on those DVDs you do, there, there's no fakery. It's, it's just, no, no, no. It's just no, the way I, it is, right? The way it is. I tell, I tell the story. I go into the places. Um, occasionally, I, I, I really genuinely don't like, uh, but that's me, of course, you know, it's some of the places that I, that I go into. Um, but in the, you know, in the, the, however many years I've been doing it, and again, you see, it would be, it would be so easy, and it would, it would add to the DVDs. It, it, well, it wouldn't because it'd spoil it if people knew. But you know, if I, if I occasionally made out something happened, right, it would add to the. Oh, I don't know. It would add to the number of people that talk, talked about what happened. But, of course, I don't do that. If something happens, great. Whoopee. Um, I'm thrilled to bits that it happened. But on, on all the DVDs I've done, I've never, ever um, faked anything that, that, that... Well, I say very, very little's happened. That's top and bottom of it. Very little has ever happened to me. Um, so, so I don't know. But tell you, oh, here's another one. Here's an interesting one. I did, I did one in Devon. Devon. <laughs> the Ghost of Devon. <laughs> The De- yeah, whatever. The Ghost of Devon, and there's a fascinating place called um, Mary J's Grave. Don't know whether you've done her in one of your books. She's a, she, she was a suicide. She uh-huh. was uh, made pregnant by the local farmer and, and hanged herself in the barn. And because she was a suicide, she was obviously buried at the crossroads with a wooden stake hammered through right. her heart, as they did in those days, and a big flat stone to stop her tormented soul from rising. Yeah, and there isn't a day goes by when fresh flowers don't appear on that grave. And I went along to film, obviously, on a, quite, a, quite a blustery, windy day. It's on Dartmoor in, in Devon, a very scary place, very close to a place called Hound Tor, where the Hound of the Baskervilles is reputed to be seen. And um, I went along, and I actually bought from a, from a florist a little bunch of flowers to, to put on the grave just in case there was nothing there, obviously. Right, right, right. Uh, and it would look good on camera. And, I, and, of course, I went along, and lo and behold, there was a fresh bunch of flowers on the grave. Nothing to do with me, nothing to do with my cameraman. We didn't you know, know anything about it. We just arrived. I didn't we need did. my flowers. Because there they were, a fresh bunch of flowers on top of that grave. And apparently it happens day after day after day. And nobody knows who does it. Huh. Which is, again, a nice one. And so I didn't need my bunch of flowers because some ghostly person or someone had, had actually already been there and, and put the flowers on it. So that was that was that was a nice one. But I tell you, it, it's been been the most fascinating thing to do uh, to travel the country, um, staying 
probably usually usually about three days uh, in a county and rushing round from one place to another. But I think one of the most fascinating things, Ron, is that we go with I go with a bit of a script. I obviously research some of the places that I've got to right. go to. And maybe because that's what you are. You are a paranormal historian. You that's yes, yes, that's what that's you right. do. So I, you know, I must go there. That's a really good story. I've got to do this one. But when I get there, the script goes out of the window because people start talking to me, and they'll say, uh, "Have you been um, to so and so? My my sister used to work there, and there's a most fascinating. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know about that. Um, and." While you're there, you need to go down the road to the, the airfield because there's a, a, a flight simulator on the airfield. This is this happened. Um, on, on, uh, blah, blah, blah. And, and my, my, my friend works there now, and there's a ghost been seen in the simulator. And, and, and so, in other words, I get new stories when I'm out there actually filming. People come up to me. Oh, oh here's one. Here's a fascinating one. I was in a place called Newark. Um, you've got one of those over there, haven't you? Um, yeah. And... Um, there's a castle there, and I was standing outside the castle doing the story of the ghost of King John, and a guy stopped and, and, and was what, looking what I was doing and then spoke to the... We've got, a, obviously, a, um, a production uh, girl with us as well, and she was making notes. And this guy was chatting away to her, and he was telling her while, while I was filming the story of the cafe that was opposite the castle um, that had got a ghost in it uh, blah, 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 and his daughter got married in the, um, in this cafe, in this, not in the cafe, they had the reception, it was a restaurant, not a cafe, and, um, there was a, it was a Catholic, um, Catholic wedding, and she, they had the reception in this cafe, and at one end of the table was, was a Catholic priest, and a wine bottle went all the way down the table, red wine bottle, and stopped, in front of the priest at the bottom of the table. Hmm. It got a tablecloth on it. There was no possible way that it was on, on water and it glided across right, absolutely right. nothing. But it, and, and I'm thinking, you know, this is how it evolves. It's amazing. You know, it, it's been a fascinating trip, and I intend to do America next. Cool. If, if I live long enough. <laughs> so, anyways, I know that was the uh, two-minute warning, so... Uh, uh, anyways, what you have any events or anything coming up you want to uh, I've got, I've got something... New and exciting. I'm, I'm okay. coming up with a new idea now for um, a paranormal investigation, and it's going okay. to be called Creepy Camps. Creepy Camps. Creepy Camps. Yeah, it's not out yet. It'll be it'll be advertised next week, uh-huh. um, and it's basically going to be haunted woods. Ooh! And we're going to camp in the haunted woods overnight. I'm good for that. And do ghost stories and two man tents all over the place, none of them are going to be close together. Ooh, I like that a lot. Probably the scariest... Not only will it be woods, but it'll also be moorlands as well, where there are various things like the Beast of Bodmin that haunts the moors and black dogs that have been seen. You know I love the moors. Yes, this is the stuff. Watch this space, guys, it's coming. Cool. So what what is your website, uh, Richard? And once again, where can people get these DVDs? They can get me on Richard Felix... uh, I've forgotten. Richard at felixfilms.net. Richard at felixfilms.net. And, of course, for any of the DVDs, www.felixfilms.net. And lots of downloads as well, right? And loads, loads of downloads. Oh, excuse com. me. Loads of downloads.com. Okay. And I do want to mention that we do have that Dining with the Dead in Portsmouth 
uh, on the 30th with uh, Jeremy, and we're talking about haunted lighthouses. We're also going to show some of the evidence we've collected at uh, New London Ledge, which, of course, won an Emmy with uh, American Builder, and uh, also Portsmouth Lighthouse, Wood Island Lighthouse, and Rose Island. And we actually have film of that uh, table tilting, which is phenomenal. I mean, this was a huge oak table that was jumping and spinning and turning and Wow, Unreal. That's good. Come and come. Yeah, I'd love to have you over here with you. I'll jump on a plane. There you go. So, anyways, time to wrap it up. So, good night. God bless everyone. Bye, Bo. See you guys. Happy holidays. From goalies to ghosties